Hey everyone, welcome back to the Ministry Leaders Podcast, episode 17. We're a podcast aimed at equipping local church leaders and ministry leaders to better serve their ministries and churches, whether you're an elder, a vestry member, deacon, trustee, small group leader, or on pastoral staff. I'd like to start with a question today. How good are you at delegating? Delegation is an important part of leadership because leadership is not just about doing things ourselves. It's rather about getting things done by influencing and directing other people. And it's about the development of those people as well. Jesus was a great leader and he was a great delegator. Examples are all over the Gospels. Just a few simple and mundane ones. Jesus delegated for a couple of his followers to prepare a Passover meal. He delegated for them to get a donkey for him to ride. He delegated having them help him hand out loaves and fishes to feed people. On the more serious side of responsibility, one time he sent out 72 of his followers, not just 12, but 72, to go before him to proclaim that the kingdom of God had come. And he gave them authority to heal and to cast out demons. Talk about responsibility. Even bigger than that, after his resurrection, Jesus left his followers with the great commission to make disciples and to finish his mission on earth. Talk about delegating something important. What was Jesus thinking, putting his mission and the salvation of the world in the hands of his followers? Well, here's the question. If delegation is an important part of leadership, and Jesus gives us an example as to how important delegation is in Christian leadership, how are you at delegating? I hear a lot of common excuses as to why leaders don't delegate, and to be honest, I've given some of them myself. Other people are busy. I don't want to burden them. Or... I'm not good at delegating. Or working with others is hard and messy. It's actually just easier if I do it myself. There may be some truth in some of those, right? But if we're honest, for many of us, there are also some darker reasons lurking below the surface as to why we don't delegate. Maybe we like to be in control. We like things done a certain way our way, and so we hold on to responsibilities so we can control how they get done. Related to this, maybe we value perfection more than people. We're afraid others will mess things up or not do them right, or or at least not do them the way we would do them. And this might actually be a critical spirit. Or maybe it's that we need to be needed. We like the praise and the recognition that we get from others because we work so hard for them and so they, they're grateful or they look up to us. Or maybe we have a martyr complex, a bit of one anyway. We, we feel like we're the only faithful ones and nobody else cares like we do. And we've actually got to keep doing it all ourselves to keep this narrative alive. It may be that we're not even consciously aware of some of these motives. It's, it's easy as religious leaders to cover our motives over with rationalizations like, I'm an elder, or I'm a deacon, I'm a pastor. God has entrusted me with this responsibility, and it would be irresponsible, ir- irreverent even, of me to just let anyone do this important holy work. Now, I'm not saying there's, there's no truth to this or or that there aren't certain responsibilities we need to handle ourselves. But Jesus certainly challenges this kind of thinking when he delegates the very salvation of the world to people like you and me, right? Well, here's what I'd like to challenge us with. 
When we as church leaders fail to delegate, we actually fight God's intention for his body, his church. What does the New Testament say? It says that we're God's people, that we're a body, and that we each as members are a part of that body, and that all of the members, all the parts are needed. We each have different gifts, different contributions, and so we have to work together to function as a body as we're meant to function. The New Testament also says that leaders are given to the church to equip God's people to do the ministry, that ministry is the responsibility of all God's people using all of their gifts. You can find that in Ephesians 4. The role of leaders isn't to do it for people, but to equip them to do it. When we fail to delegate, when we do all the ministry ourselves, we are working against God's design and God's intention. When we learn to delegate, we bless those we lead. We allow them to discover their spiritual gifts. We allow them the joy and the privilege of serving God and and one another And in the process, they gain ownership, they gain purpose, they feel trusted, they feel valued. Sometimes what we find out is that they can actually, with a little practice, do that thing we've been doing better than we can do it. And so it can actually be selfish for us as leaders to withhold these blessings from those that we lead. So being a servant leader, putting others before ourselves as as Christ has called us to be, it involves delegating. We serve others by putting aside whatever our motives are for wanting to do a job so that others can have the opportunity to do that job. We serve others by investing our time in taking time to find the right person for a job, training them to do it, and then cleaning up their messes when they fail, and they will, right? So how do we delegate? Well, here are five basic steps. First, We break our responsibility, whether it's being an elder or a trustee or whatever, we break it down into its basic parts. Second, we pray and think, who has the potential to do a piece of this job if I gave them a little training and oversight? Then third, we invite them. And and I once heard a really handy acronym for for this part of it. It's it's VEST. You could think of a volunteer wearing a, a vest. V is for vision. The way we invite someone is is we share why the job is worth doing and how it fits into the bigger picture of God's kingdom. We, We tie it into the bigger vision. Then E is for encouragement. We tell them why we thought of them, why we think they have the potential to be good at this job. Then the S is for specifics. We tell them in detail what it will involve and what help we can offer to help them succeed. Then T, last, is for time. We don't pressure or guilt them to give us a decision immediately. We give them space to pray and think about it, and then to let us know, uh, sorry, we let them know when we need an answer from them. We give them time. Isn't that good? Vest. Vision, encouragement, specifics, time. Fourth, if they say yes, we take time to train them. Sure, it might be more work for us at first, but later that investment will pay off as they learn to do the job well themselves. And then fifth, finally, we check in with them periodically to see how it's going. We thank them, we encourage them, we um, also give them some constructive feedback on what they could do better. So, how are you at delegating? How good are you at it? And what's holding you back? 
What doesn't need to be done by you, actually? What could you delegate to others? I encourage you to take some time to reflect on this and to make a plan to involve others in your ministry. That's what it means to be a leader. And it's Jesus' plan for his church. Well, that's all for this week on the Ministry Leaders Podcast. And if you find this podcast valuable, would you please share it with someone? You could do this by telling a friend or colleague, but also by subscribing to the podcast or uh, giving us a rating or a review. We appreciate you spreading the word. Bye for now.